Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Well, audiobooks are really, really important, and we're going to find out why and how to produce them. And as ghostwriters, book coaches, and developmental editors, what we can do in advance or in the process of writing our books to actually make the process easier to work with a narrator or to create an audiobook in, in general. So we'll, we'll touch on all those questions. So, Robert, thank you very much for coming today. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get into audiobooks? How did I get into audiobooks? That, that's a good question. I haven't thought of that. I mean, it's, it's like asking you, how did you get into publishing books? It's one of those things where I, I didn't have one, I needed one, and then I, I created one and it was such a process. And then I let maybe two or three years pass before create, before transforming another one into an audiobook. And then it just, and after a while, after a couple of those false starts or waiting years between doing it, it just, it's become a regular thing. Now it's, I don't even think about, think about it. If I put out one of my own new books, I make it an audiobook without even thinking, just like in the same way how uh, you, Dan, and the rest of you on this call, when you put out one of your own Kindle books, you also make it in paperback form. And you probably don't think twice about it. Whereas years ago, some of us might have said, well, I've gone through all that trouble of putting the digital version out there. Let me let me take a nap and let me wait six months before going and putting it on paperback. And now that things are so fast paced, you just do it. And so uh, me and my wife, now we we kind of we narrate all the time. We're we're both voice actors and that it's just a little bit of a side hustle for both of us. We both both work from home. I've worked from home since 2009 and I do all kinds of like internet marketing stuff. And for maybe an hour per morning, me and the wife just sort of do this kind of fun thing. And it's been a good way to uh, get clients and for me to sometimes get author clients, podcast clients. And uh, so, yeah, I, I narrate just about every day and it's fun for me and my wife to, to do it. And the, the thing with uh, audiobooks and Amazon is the first kind of basic thing is that you need to have an existing Amazon Kindle book and then they will allow you to sort of attach an audiobook to that. And the second thing to maybe keep in mind as we're getting started is that Amazon, which is also Audible, they're kind of the same thing. They want you to have an audiobook, right? In the same way that the, the DMV wants you to have a driver's license, they want you to drive. There might be some hoops to jump through. And Amazon, in the same way they want you to have a Kindle book, they want you to have an audiobook. There's just like anything else, a couple of technical hurdles to jump through. Yeah, let's talk about some of those technical hurdles because I was on another uh, seminar and I think the guy who was doing the seminar was basically saying this is too hard for a normal human being to do because there's so many crazy settings that Amazon wants you to have. Otherwise, it does not sound professional. Is this something that anyone can do or do we need to hire a narrator? I Well, technically, you, you could do it, but I think it would make more sense to hire a narrator. Technically, you could restore an old car. Technically, you could put in your own toilet and shower, but it might take you 
months or years to figure it out. That part is true. There are a lot of little settings and there are little, lots of little settings that even I don't know ex- exactly what they all mean exactly. I just know how to get the everything tweaked in, in my software. Uh, and so, yeah, basically what uh, Amazon needs from you to have an audiobook is they need you to, uh, they need like a square graphic, kind of like your, your book cover. And then they basically want you or a narrator to take your book and, you know, read like chapter one and say chapter one, blah, blah, blah. And then like read the words and then save each chapter into a separate uh, audio file. And then you, you know, upload the audio for chapter one, audio for chapter two. But as far as that, that piece of recording the words, uh, I use a program called Audacity, but then I run through this, um, this, they call it a macro, but I run through this thing and it's like 12 steps. It's like, if you've ever seen the movie office space where he's trying to leave work and he's trying to shut down his computer and this thing runs all the way, all the way. It's like that. It runs like 12 different thingies and flashes all these crazy things. So that's kind of, I think the bottleneck that's if, if you were trying to do this yourself, that's where you would get stuck is in all the technical processing, getting, getting it all proper for Amazon and there's not really a good way to like teach that or show that it's easier if you just have someone record it and process it for you. Yeah, I took a two hour class on how to create audio books and I thought, oh, this would be kind of fun becoming a voice narrator. I have a pretty nice voice. This could be, you know, a nice little side hustle. So I did an audition and I used Audacity just like you did. It's very easy to use. It's free. And I found it was the most confounding thing because I'd see a sentence, the cow jumped over the moon. I'd say, the cow jumped over the moon or the cow jumped over the moon. There are 500 different ways to say the cow jumped over the moon. And I was wondering like, which way is the best way? And it drove me nuts. <laughs> so, so I did not pursue that line of work. <laughs> so, and and, and not, not only that, but you're going to have to say the cow jumped over the moon for two hours, four hours, however long the, the book is, which once you get the skill built up over years, it's great. Then you can just knock it out real easy. But those initial growing pains, boy, are they huge. Yeah, I can imagine. What are some of the, you know, I know in, in book publishing, there are a million things under the hood that our clients don't realize happen. And that's why production companies get paid what they get paid for all the proofreading, copying, layout design, and 600 and other things that happen that we don't even think about. In fact, I was in a forum the other day and someone said, oh, publishing a book was so hard. I had to get an ISBN number and I had to load this and do that. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot that people think that that's difficult. What are some of the other difficulties that people don't realize when they're creating an audiobook? I mean, well, I, I think that one thing that is maybe a little scary about putting out an audiobook is that once it's out there, Audible does not really want you to change it very much. When you put out a book on, on Kindle, one of the selling points is, well, if there's a typo or there's something wrong, just change it and you know upload the new copy. And with Audible, it's the changes are more locked in. It's more uh, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you edit a word or a paragraph in your Kindle book, Whoever is over there and customer support at Amazon, they just go and say, oh, there's this new paragraph approved. But if you go and upload whole new audio files, some 
some worker over there in Jeff Bezos land has to listen to all this long audio. So they don't really like if you make all sorts of, of changes and, and you can still do it, but it's, it's more or less once the audio book is on there, it's, it's kind of locked in. And so that is a sort of a, a little bit of a scary part of it. But the, the good news is that the, uh, your audiobook does not have to word for word exactly, exactly match your printed book. As you know, sometimes there's like an abridged version of an audiobook. And the other thing about what, well, and I guess the way to turn this negative into a positive is that, uh, I don't really advertise this, but when I, when I narrate, uh, the, these books and, and this, uh, this offer that we're going to here promote today is I usually give a list of like real tiny errors that I spot. And because I mean, all of us authors know that there's, there's always a little errata, right? There's always the, the tiniest of typos that you've checked and you spell checked and every, 10 people have looked at it and there's still, ah, oh, I said, I said do when I should have said don't. Or they're like, you look at a page all day long and you're like, I can't believe I missed that tiny little typo that was in there because I just skimmed it and it looked okay. But what happens is when I, narrate a book because I'm going through each and every word, I can catch a few of those. And uh, so, and I don't, this isn't a thing like I really like advertise, like guarantee, but if I can get a list of like 10 or 20 little tiny changes, like, you know, grammatical changes, I'll make them as I go. And then I'll give that list to you and say on page 116, do should have been don't. And then you can go in and uh, edit, spell check your existing print book as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually going to be one of my questions about what is the role of the narrator if they see a mistake? Are they obligated to correct the mistake or do they read it as is? I'll tell you a funny story. I ghost wrote a book with a doctor and I proofread it and I ran it through well, Pro Writing Aid and Grammarly and my wife read it and she found a couple of errors and then my client read it and he found a couple of errors and his wife read it and she found a couple of errors. And we figured at that point we're pretty good. Then I hired a narrator and she recorded it and she gave me a page, literally a page full of other mistakes that she caught because she was reading it out loud. Um, we laughed about it, but we really was quite embarrassing too because we realized those mistakes were in the book, but she corrected them when she read them and then we went back and cleaned up the the printed copy. But uh, generally speaking, Robert, when you take on a new client, do you discuss these kinds of things with them? Does, 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 what, uh, that'll be the first part of the question. But the real question is, how can we as authors and ghostwriters and book coaches create a book that is more compatible to be an audio book? And one, one particular example is the use of he said and she says after quotation marks, you know, it's one thing to read them in a book. It's another thing when you hear a narrator said, uh, come here, she said, okay, he said, what do you want? She said, and like, it just sounds so crazy. What do you advise people to do? And what other tips do you have as we write our books to make them more fun to listen to? Okay. So let me, let me think here. So the, the first uh, let's see the, the first part of that, of that question was how much am I obligated to change or how much do I usually change? Right. And, and usually going in, my attitude is I'll, I'll read it word for word, right? If you're, if you have the kind of book where there's only like one or two tiny mistakes in, in the whole book, uh, I'll read it word for word. And many times I, I don't know enough 
about your area of expertise to know what I even should change. So sometimes I'm thinking like, okay, if that that word or that phrase doesn't make 100% sense to me, then I'll, I'll read it uh, that way. And if I do, if I do find some of these like things where it's like, ob- obviously, as just a lay person, uh, this word should be changed, then I'll, I'll change those little bits here and there. But I won't, I won't rephrase, I won't edit, I won't revise, I won't mess with your words. Uh, and then, so that's kind of my attitude going in is that uh, I, I, I intend to just read your words exactly as they are. And if I, if I find the little errors, I'll fix like the, the tiniest of errors, but that's as far as, as I'll go. Uh, and one thing that, that I do with my own books, Dan, since you're all about, about writing a book in a flash is I will uh, read like the books that I write or that I edit. I'll read them out loud without recording just to like catch those, those little nooks and crannies. Uh, but then, so as far as making the audiobooks more, uh, more like reader friendly. That, that he he said this, she said that. I don't really, I haven't really noticed that. I don't mind uh, that all that much. Um, something that comes to mind is that if if you say a lot of like in nonfiction, if you say uh, as you'll read in the next chapters on the fly, I'll change that to as you'll listen or as you'll hear this. So that is just like one quick thing to make it um, to make it easier. And then uh, on the off chance that you have, and, and you can, might be able to tell, I mostly do nonfiction. I, I prefer nonfiction. That way I don't have to do acting and all that. But with a lot of this nonfiction, sometimes there'll be a chart. And, um, and you and I, Dan, were talking about, we have a friend, Tom Pollins, uh, who uh, I was narrating one of his audiobooks uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and he teaches webinars and maybe maybe six different locations in the book, he had like a a chart, a table. And what we agreed on is instead of, uh, since you can't narrate a a table, right? Or or seeing like a graphic, we had, we agreed on some kind of phrase, like to view the chart from this book, go to this URL. And so that's kind of another turning a, a a weakness into advantage because what's the point of, someone buying your book. You want them to go to your website, get on your list, uh, do all these things anyway. And, and it's, it's kind of lame to have a book and say, oh, get some free goodies. You're reading this book. Go get some stuff just because. But if it's more along the lines of, I'm telling you about this picture, this chart, this table. And in order to understand it, in order to get it, go to this website. Here's a email opt-in form, you opt-in, you get all the goodies that come with the book. And so, um, so those, those are kind of the only uh, real thing, like things that come to mind as far as communicating with your, um, with your narrator about making sure your book's audiobook friendly is uh, I will on the fly change, read to listen. Uh, but then think about that as far as if you have some of those supplemental things in the book, or maybe if you said like, well, I don't know if I've been able, I don't know if I can have an audio book because there's this one picture. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to build a list. Great idea. Uh, in fact, I used to download a lot of uh, uh, audio books from master classes and they would have PDFs attached to those audio. So you'd go to their website, you'd fill out a form, they capture your email address, because of course, if someone buys your book on Amazon or buys your audio book on Amazon, you don't know who they are. But if you can have little grabbers in there to get them to go back to your website, now you can start building your list. So excellent. 
price. And don't, don't overthink it. If you have eight grabbers or goodies in your book, just have one download page with all the goodies in one place and one sign-up page. And anytime you have one of these eight goodies, just say, go to danjanelle.com slash gift. So if you have eight different things, don't think you need to make eight different download pages and sign-up pages. Have one download page with all the stuff and one sign-up page to get there. And anytime it comes across, just be like, oh yeah, here's the link I keep mentioning. Go here to get all of it in one place. Very cool. Sort of a follow-up question. Robert, have you ever read a book that was like total dreck? <laughs> oh, all the time. How do, how do yeah. I, how do I keep my sanity through the 40 hours or so that I have to take to read this? There's, there's been some difficult stuff, but uh, that's kind of why I like that I narrate and the wife narrates because sometimes we'll sort of share stories. You know how like if, if someone cuts you off in traffic and you share your stories about all these crazy drivers on the road, we share our stories about the crazy narrators. And some some of these books have been broken English, but luckily they're not all like that. And then some are uh, like kind of unintentionally funny. And it, it's uh, maybe it's a little difficult to or like awkward to, to talk about it because um, it's like so like there's um, there's a, a book and I think I've narrated three of his audiobooks and he writes like these kind of business books, but they sort of blend the fiction and the nonfiction sort of like maybe like a uh, who moved my cheese kind of idea. And it's, it's one of these where he's like some kind of like uh he fixes up your business and he goes and gets on a plane and goes to your brick and mortar business. And there's, he adds in all these characters and all this story. And then he sneaks in all the business advice and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's a lot of fun, but it can, it can get like very cheesy, corny, silly, and it's presented as it's presented sort of autobiographical as if this really happened. But then some of the things that happen to the main character are like very larger than life. Uh, and like people are always showering him with compliments. And it's like he sees himself as like a very, uh, I don't know, just very, very, um, just very like popular and world renowned person. And I'm like, I wonder if in real life. He doesn't get lavished with praise every single scene, uh, but it's, I'm still like, you know, this is something new and interesting. And so I, I find the fun in it. Uh, but yeah, the, the wife and I sometimes come across sort of like not, not the absolute best uh, books out there, but I mean, some, sometimes they don't have to be, sometimes they're, they're interesting. And sometimes even I find myself like wondering what's, what's going to happen next, even if the book is sort of corny. Mm-hmm. Great. Robert, how can people get in touch with you and how do you work and uh, how's your whole, how does all that work? The website is dfynarration.com. It's a flat $500 regardless of the length of your audiobook up, up to um, about like se- if it's past 70,000 words, that's a whole other, that's, it's a really big book. But if it's under 70,000 words, regardless of the, the length, we'll narrate it for a flat $500 male or female narration. And that includes uh, putting it onto your uh, ACX Audible account. And what that means is that uh, you go to dfynarration.com, you click the button, you pay us, there's a Google form where you can give us your existing book cover and your existing uh, book manuscript, right? Your, Your Word document or your PDF that you used for Kindle. And then what we do is, we, we take that and we read the first 15 minutes of it. We read, you know, introduction, chapter one, things like that. And then we give you that first 15 minutes and we say, 
here, what do you think? And then you tell us uh, if there's something to, to change or start over or do different moving forward. Uh, but then I would say about 90% of the time, people say it's, it's great, continue. And then once we get to the end of that, uh, usually it takes about four business days to narrate uh, about, it's usually about, you know, like three or four hours worth of your audiobook, depending on the length. It's about 9,000 words per hour. So you can do the calculation of how long your audiobook would be. And then you set up uh, an account on uh, what's called ACX, and it's sort of like KDP, if you know the Amazon book publishing, and you give us the username and password because, like we've been talking about, there's all kinds of weird stuff to click, all kinds of weird things to do. So you give us this username and password for your ACX account. We log in, we put the files on there, we submit to Amazon, and then Amazon takes about 10 business days to approve, and then you have a... Uh, book on Audible. And that's sort of the process. And, you know, what comes to mind, Dan, is that you were mentioning a few minutes ago about uh, you put the video on YouTube and now you rank, right? Now you rank front page without even hardly trying. Uh, and Audible, I kind of think of that in a similar way, is that you always hear these crazy numbers about every single day, every single year, so many new books are published. How can you stand out? How can you rank? Well, you look on Audible and some of these things that you might search on Amazon and have to dig through 50 pages on Amazon, on Audible, there's way less audiobooks than there are for print books. So there's, it's easier to rank, easier to get listed there, um, easier to compete. Uh, and so that's what we want for you. We want you to be listed on Audible. That way you can tap on all these buyers. And the process is dfynarration.com, $500. You give us the ebook manuscript and your cover. And then we get back to you with the first 15 minutes. And then we upload it to your ACX account. And then it's submitted to Audible and within a couple of weeks online. Well, I think that's a great process. One of my friends had a book published by a traditional publisher and they hired some voice actor and he was horrible. And my friend was just aghast because it didn't sound like him. It was really dull. The, 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 the guy clearly had no interest in the topic and read it in a monotone, just the, the worst possible person. So I think it's really great that you give people a 15 minute audition, so to speak, to make sure that you're, that they're happy with you and you're happy with them and it all works out nicely. Yeah. And I do my best to like read it sort of not dull, but still straightforward. Like I don't do all kinds of like crazy over the top, but still try to read it as if like, I'm like kind of focused, slightly intense and interested. And on the, the website, we have samples of what I sound like narrating and uh, the wife narrating. There was a baby crying about 10 minutes ago. So don't worry if a baby cries, I'll, I'll go and redo that. So there'll be no, uh, no baby in there. And one thing that I kind of want to work in here that we're mentioning as well is that uh, some of uh, uh, an objection I get is that some people say, well, I wish that it was me narrating. Like if I'm the author, shouldn't I be the one who's uh, the voice on it? And, and honestly, I don't think anyone cares. I don't think it really matters that much. If if the, if someone made a movie about you, would you have to play you, or would it be better if you know, like Heather Locklear or Leo DiCaprio played you instead? Uh, and so uh, I think that as long I think as long as that if it, if you're male, a male narrates, a female, a female narrates. Uh, if you go and look at a lot of the big authors, like you know Stephen King, James Patterson, whoever there's always a separate narrator uh, doing it. So I think that, uh, and that's why, like you said, the 15 minutes, 
is there so that way we can be on the same page and it's the, the sound that you want. But uh, don't let this this weird objection that it has to be you prevent you from having an audiobook. Good point. Um, let's talk about the economics of this. Uh, how do you set a price for an audiobook? What does Amazon take from that? And uh, any other economics that you can teach us about? So you, that is uh, every every marketplace is is different, and with Audible you don't get to set a price. They set a price for you, oh. and the way the way it works is they have depending on the length, then that is what they price it at. So, and I don't I, I, off off the top of my head, I don't know like the exact exact pricing, but up to like ninety minutes, it's a certain amount. I think it's like three dollars up to. Three hours, it's like $7, like five hours, it's $13. They have like these real sort of set tiers. And, um, and, and that's okay because by the time you get paid, I think you, I think you get between maybe four to six dollars per sale for an audiobook versus, uh, Kindle where, you know, sometimes it's pennies. But then, uh, like Kindle, uh, Audible throws in all kinds of, you know, weird incentives in, into the mix to kind of make it better, right? Like how Kindle has the free days. Uh, Amazon allows you to give away promo codes. And so what they, they give you 50 uh, US and 50 UK promo codes. And what you can do is there's like, you know, these like nine letters and numbers and you give uh, these out to your friends and say, go to this web page. And they enter the code and they get your audiobook for free. And that's one of those things where Amazon sees that. They uh, put you higher in the rankings. You get more reviews. So that's one thing that you can do. Another thing that they throw in the mix there is that uh, most people that uh, are Audible members are paying a monthly fee, right? Very rarely does someone just go and say, oh, I want that audiobook. Let me pay the money. Usually... They're already in this Audible membership and they get these credits that they're looking to spend anyway. So in a way, there's kind of these built-in buyers. And many times when someone goes to buy your book, they're just spending one credit on your book. So part of the economics there is that they try to make it fun. They try to make it like, you know, when you go and you you use your PayPal account to spend money, it doesn't feel like it's real money or like use a credit card instead of using cash. So Audible, I think they are going for that of these having these like built-in buyers. And then they also have this cool feature where if someone joins Audible to listen to your audiobook, they'll give you what's called a $50 bounty. And so what that means, if you say, okay, here's my audiobook, go get it. And someone says, oh, I don't have an Audible account. If they go and sign up for Audible to listen to you, $50 extra for you. So they kind of throw in, uh, there's all, all these weird things in the mix, right? That you don't get to really set the price. They set the price for you, but you get more per sale, but there are built-in buyers and you can do the promo codes and there's these things called bounties. Wow, there, there's a lot going on there. I was a member of Audible for a long time and I found I was getting credits and credits and credits and I didn't have time to listen to audiobooks. Uh, and I kept on storing more and more of these things. And finally, I ended my subscription. And I had to like buy 10 books um, and they let you keep them forever. So it was kind of strange, uh, but wonderful. Hey, I'm wondering, would a manual or a procedures book be a good audio book as well? I'm thinking about a 
say a book about uh, a company may have a book on how to hire their employees, how to, what questions to ask during an interview, what kind of answers to look for, how to respond if they're a good candidate or a bad candidate, you know, a whole procedures manual. Would that be a good uh, idea for an audio book? It, it wouldn't be the most exciting book. It wouldn't be like a Jack Reacher, but it has been done. I'm currently narrating a book of affirmations. It's 10 hours long. So if you haven't heard affirmations, it's like, you are beautiful. You love your reflection. And I'm doing 10 hours of that. Me and the wife, total, we have probably narrated 50 cookbooks. And you can imagine like listing the ingredients, listing the first boil of water. And I, and I kept thinking like, who, who would want this? But I suppose the idea is maybe if someone uh, gets the, the Kindle book plus the audiobook, or if we reference the URLs in the audiobook and say, you know, you can download the, the PDF over this URL and follow along, I, I can definitely see the, the benefit in that. And it makes you think back to, to college. Remember in college when you had to study for like a, a test or like kind of catch up on all the stuff for the semester and you just let the the things play in the background so it has been done the these manuals and these long list of questions even though it seems silly even though it seems like it's uh it, it might not be the most exciting thing out there that it's been done and if your existing book is selling consistently then then it's it's just a good idea to tap into this other uh this other marketplace right if there's there's still value to it even even though even though it might not be your preferred way of, of learning, some people like to always have something playing and soaking up the knowledge. So I would say even a, a manual, if it's selling on Kindle as is, consider the audiobook, as, as strange as it may seem. Hmm. Well, I think some people actually do learn better by listening. And even in a corporate environment, there are people who might say, just listen to this 15-minute recording on how to hire an employee or what to say during a job interview. And then they listen to it and they're okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, different modalities, different strokes for different folks. It works. Are there any kinds of genres that you think would not be a good audio book? Um, okay. I mean, <laughs> well, when you get too technical, then there's, there's definitely a point when it's, when it's too much. But I would say, and as far as me and the wife, we don't do erotica and we, we don't really do that much fiction. And if there is fiction to be done, we don't do accents. We don't do voices. We don't do sound effects. We just kind of read as if, you know, you're, you're re reading it to a, to a kid. We're just kind of reading and, uh, kind of acting out the, the voices. So that's kind of as there's, as far as how the, the realm will, we will go. And then as far as, um, as far as, yeah, what, what's a good idea or not a good idea for an audiobook if it's really technical, if it's like a dictionary uh, sort of range, then that's not good. So there definitely is a, there definitely is a point where, where it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I have bought a couple of books that were not quite dictionaries, but they were thesauruses, like emotional words thesaurus or conflict words thesaurus. And they have a word uh, like, conflict and they have 27 synonyms i could just imagine reading oh yeah uh, <laughs> that wouldn't work or, or like books of puzzles sudoku books i mean just incompatible yeah that would make a lot of sense are there any questions from our audience please raise your hands okay ken please go yeah you said uh 
$500 for up to 70,000 uh, 70, words. It, what other costs are there? Or is that the total cost? Total cost. No, really? Nothing else after that. You keep all the royalties from the audiobook. Just one and done. We keep it simple. I have to say, I thought it was a lot more expensive than that. With, with other people, it is. With some people, I think they charge, uh, the going rate is $250 per finished hour, they say. So if your book is 400 words, it's a thousand bucks. And a lot of the times they want to get paid uh, a royalty and in addition to that. So then now you're splitting with them. So we just like to keep it simple, flat rate. Well, that's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very reasonable. And frankly, it's not worth my time to read my book for $500. I'd much rather pay you to do that. It makes a Yeah. Whole- and, and at first it took, It took me and the wife weeks, months to figure out how to do one audiobook, but now it's a thing we love to do. It's part of our routine, just like many. It's like it it used to take you hours to tie your shoes. Now it just is done in in seconds. So in general, that's that's what you're after for as an author, right? There are these things that took you years to figure out, and now you can do it or you can explain it in minutes, and now you just like pass it on to others. So that's what the that's what the deal is here. We just we have have this skill, we can do it fast. We like to do it on volume and we want to save you all the trouble of figuring out all the technical nooks and crannies over years. Just get it done really quick. So that way it's done. Yeah. I found the same thing with creating YouTube videos. The first 10 minute video I did took about 30 minutes to create and then took about an hour to edit. Now the timing is becoming more, (laughs) more advantageous to me. It's not quite perfect yet. Uh, But the more you do it, the better you get at it. So you do have those economies of scale. Well, the, the first you, the first YouTube I made, I took 25 takes. Like, what? How? And then now you, we just do it in, in one take, maybe two. But like if you're on a Zoom call live, you, and if you can get on the phone and talk to someone live, just do it. But yeah, first 25 takes. Yeah. It, it seems, you know, when you're on a Zoom call, you're just talking. It's no big deal. When you're thinking, I'm creating a YouTube video, then suddenly, <laughs> I guess it's the difference between, you know, practicing your sport when everything's like, oh, this, this shot is easy. I'm running here. I'm hitting a ball there. This is really good. Then you get into a game and suddenly this tension hits and it's like, why can't I hit the ball over the net? What's wrong with me? Now so, you can't screw up. <laughs> exactly. Words of wisdom as we close out. Just do it. Don't let the 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 small details hold you up. Uh, I, I mean, and we, like you mentioned earlier about the ISBN. I know that for me, um, even even getting my first book published, I think my first book I published eleven years ago. What held me up for probably two years was that ISBN thing. Everyone told me I had to get a dang ISBN. No one told me that when you go to upload your book to Amazon, there's a button right in there. You can just do it. And then for maybe two more years, I was like, I don't know, can I change the price later? I let something as silly as that stop me. And then one other thing was I was worried about being able to go back and edit chat, uh, pages later on. And it turns out once your book is published, how often do you really overhaul or edit your book once it's submitted to Amazon? Not that much. And so there's, there, at least for me personally, I've always had all kinds of weird, silly 
objections that held me up for maybe like two or three years per objection. Don't be one of those people. Don't let all the other years pass and you don't have an audiobook. Uh, it's a great way to uh, tap into all these other buyers because you vote, you always hear these statistics about how like the most successful people, they're always listening to podcasts, we're always listening to audiobooks. And some people just prefer listening or just are so busy anyway. And so you're really missing out if you don't have a book on, on Audible. It's built into Amazon. I can make it easy for you. You don't have to be the one that narrates it. It's just if you're a male, have a male do it. If you're a female, have a female do it. And it's at dfynarration.com. I want to make it easy for you. I want to get it done for you. want to have it done fast. So don't think about it. Just do it. Or maybe think about it just enough, but not too much that it stops you from getting what you want. Thanks for joining us today. And we have lots more videos on how to create audiobooks and how to write your books in a flash on this YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.